Julie Ryan, noted psychic and medical intuitive, is ready to answer your personal questions, even those you never knew you could ask. For more than 25 years, as she developed and refined her intuitive skills, Julie used her knowledge as a successful inventor and businesswoman to help others. Now, she wants to help you to grow, heal, and get the answers you've been longing to hear. Do you have a question for someone who's transitioned? Do you have a medical issue? What about your pet's health or behavior? Perhaps you have a loved one who's close to death and you'd like to know what's happening. Are you on the path to fulfill your life's purpose? No matter where you are in the world, take a journey to the other side and ask Julie Ryan. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Ask Julie Ryan Show. I'm Julie, your host, and I'm delighted you could join us. My intention in doing this show is to provide information, insight, and comfort to people around the world by helping to answer life's unanswerable questions. We have several callers on hold already, so let's get started with their questions. And I believe our first caller is Brent. Hi, Brent. Hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Oh, awesome. Awesome. A little warm today, but I'm good. Oh, good. Tell everybody where you're calling from. I'm calling from Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, where it's like 101. Oh, geez. Wow. We, I'm in Alabama, and it was in the 90s today, and I was, when I was driving home this evening, it looked like, did you see the movie Independence Day? When the, the sky got dark, all of a sudden there was this dark cloud coming, this huge dark cloud coming over the sky. That's what oh, our right. office. That's what it looked like, and it thundered and lightning and rained a few drops, and then it went away. It was hysterical. I don't know what that was all about. So, Well, thanks for calling and joining us this evening. Do you have a question for me? Yes, I do. But before okay. I get to that, I want to thank you for my last call um, oh, and give you some welcome. feedback. Yeah, great. Um, I, I, I'm working with the Biggelsons, and oh, part of my – Part of my training and and self care is I had my blood work done, and uh, everybody what that is. Okay, so the Bakelsons, um look at uh, holograms in your blood, so we are able to look in our blood and identify like I can see broken bones or if like or pregnancy, uh, you can see the, the shape of a fetus. You're not um, pregnant. You know, are you? All those. I hope not. I, well, maybe with some money there. Hold on. <laughs> you you were special, but not quite that special. Yes, there you go. <laughs> uh, so, um, so they, they they recently got back to me with my report, and and sure enough, um, my blood blood cell count is like off off the charts. Whatever, it's like a white snowstorm, and it shouldn't be. Um, and they pointed out some other things. So I just want to let you know that that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You nailed it pretty good, and, and I'm working on it. Remind everybody and and te- inform the people that didn't hear our last conversation. I think you were on our first show. Um, yes, ma'am. About a month ago. So this is our fifth show already, Brett. But is remind. It? I <laughs> yeah. No. Um, tell everybody what we talked about last time. Just a quick overview. Sure, sure. Uh, so your your reading indicated I had a viral infection. Um, an inflamed liver, um, and uh, you said I had low energy. And right. you gave me a couple books to read, and I've got the books. Haven't got around to, to you know, fully engaging them yet, but I got the books. <laughs> Terrific. Uh, so I'm working on it. I'm working on it. So, yeah, so the, the the question for me is uh, tonight was, um, 
do you see anything different and what else you might see? I'm hoping I might have some improvements. Yeah, let me get you on my radar and uh, let me check you out. Well, how are you feeling? Are you feeling any better. differently or about the same? Oh, great. Okay. Well, I'm better. It's partly, uh, quite honestly, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's mental too. I mean, the last few weeks and mo- month or so probably, I have been off my game. I, I wasn't taking care of myself as much. Um, I won't say I was down and out per se, but I wasn't making myself, keeping myself happy. You know what I mean? I, I let myself get angry at things and, and, and wallow in bad stuff. Mm-hmm. So I don't do that anymore today. <laughs> have, have you read anything about different vibration levels and how if we can, if we think of something that's depressing or upsetting, I mean, my goodness, this week with Florida, poor Florida, God bless them, with everything that's going on in Florida. Um, People get so depressed watching the news and watching all that stuff, and you don't want to be insensitive to everything that the, that everybody's going through down there. But it it just gets depressing, and it brings everybody down when you focus on that stuff. And the media just keeps playing the same tapes and the same talking about the same thing over and over again. And so, Correct. what we what we can do, Brent, is when we feel like that, there are a couple of tricks that we can do. First is you can think of something immediately. As soon as you're feeling down, think of something that makes you happy, even if it's completely unrelated. Like, do you have a dog or a child or not that a dog is more important than a child, but you know, <laughs> do you have something that makes you smile right when you think about it? What's something off the top of your head that makes you smile when you think about it? Healing people. Healing people. Okay. All right. So let's say you're watching all that Orlando shooting stuff and you're feeling really blue watching it. How can you not? When you're done watching it, think of something that makes you smile. Get yourself out of that. It's a low vibrational state. We want to stay in a high vibrational state. I've read that we have 17 seconds to change our thought before we really get into that low vibrational state. And our bodies want to vibrate at a fast rate, and that's what keeps us healthy. Another trick that I love that's really easy to do is take a pen and hold it in your teeth, in your mouth, you know, crosswise across your teeth, and it forces you to smile, Brent. (laughs) The thing that's so funny about okay. that is if you look at yourself in the mirror and do this. If you hold a pen in your lips, it doesn't necessarily make you smile, but if you hold it in your teeth, it does. And the brain is – there's been research done. There's a woman who's a professor at Harvard named Amy Cuddy, C-U-D-D-Y. And Dr. Cuddy did some research on this. You can find it on YouTube. Her, her TED Talk, and she found some research that proved that the brain is going to follow what the body tells it to do. So when you hold a pen in your teeth for a couple of minutes, if you're blue, it makes you happy because it raises your serotonin level, which is your feel-good hormone, and it lowers your cortisol level, which is your stress hormone. I think that's Excellent. amazing. Hold a pen in your teeth for two minutes and you can get those kinds of results and it gets you on the cascade of thinking things that are more positive by doing that. So um, what I'm seeing when I, I have you on my radar, Brent, and 
before you were inflamed, your whole body was inflamed. Now you're like from the bottom of your neck to right below, I would say above where your hips start is still inflamed. Your liver still has a ways to go, but it's better. It's not fire engine red and looking like it's really, um, really distressed like it was. I think it's starting to heal. I can still see lots of white count activity, which means that you still have a little bit of the virus left. But when I see a virus in somebody, like when I saw it in you before, Brent, it covered your whole body and viruses look like this kind of light brown, um, almost watery energy. And when I, when I see a virus healing, it, it pushes up through the top of the head energetically and leaves. So yours is pushed up to about your chest now, whereas it was down, you know, all the way to the bottom of your feet before. So kudos to you because you are absolutely making progress. Excellent. With, excellent. You know, with what you're doing. Thank you very much. appreciate that. And, and, and to, to, to second to what you're saying, uh, it, that's one reason I was kind of, I guess getting on myself a bit, I know all the things you're talking about. I'm a shaman. I'm a Reiki master. Yeah. And I, I fell off the wagon, you know, as far as heal or heal thyself. <clears throat> right. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. so uh, you know, yeah, you know, we're, we're all human. We, we do these silly things. And, and, and part of it was my, in, my intake, which, which you mentioned diet. Um, I, I quit drinking coffee. Well, I have a bad habit. If I drink coffee, it's usually because it's a bad day. And I don't drink coffee. I have cream and sugar. With my co- or coffee with my cream and sugar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's well, really co- unhealthy. Coffee is full of mold spores, too. And Ooh. in America, we have very lax standards for the mold um, mycotoxins, they're called, that are in our coffee supply. And interestingly enough, coffee in China and Europe that's refused there because of their standards is, is sold in the U.S. So you want to look at Bulletproof Coffee. Go to Bulletproof.com. Yes. And it, look it, at I had the book. Familiar with it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's yep, the yep. kind of coffee you want to drink if you're drinking coffee because our coffee supply is just like drinking a mold mug, a, a mug full of moldy water. It's just disgusting when you look at the research that's out there on it. I have a question for you, and I mean this just from an informational standpoint for myself. Since you mm-hmm. live in Oklahoma, are you a shaman by heritage or by training? Uh, by training. I, I am, I am okay. technically not Native American, although uh, after I've been here a, a couple of years, everyone said, aren't you Native? And, and I asked them questions my family and said, well, you know, way back when, I said, you're kidding me. You know, 40 years later, I found out that there is Cherokee blood in my, in, in my genes, uh, although my incest, ancestors uh, went west, got feet wet, and hid. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. So no, okay. no dolls rolls for me. Well, I find it interesting that you're attracted to the shaman um, culture, and I just was wondering if it was maybe some DNA stuff going on, and it sounds like it may be a little bit of both. Well, some to be DNA honest, um, natural it, curiosity. Well, um, I've, I'm, I have been a shaman in past lives. Um, I'm, I've been in many, many things in past lives, um, and healing is one of them. There you go. Terrific. Well, like you said, <laughs> heal thyself, buddy. Yes, ma'am. Thank you All very right. much. Thanks so much for calling in and giving us an update. Sure, no problem. Terrific to hear from you. Carry on. You're doing great. Thank you. Okay, take care. Bye, Brent. Bye-bye. 
Next, let's go to Denise. Denise, are you on? I'm here. Hi, oh, Julie. Terrific. Hi, Denise. <laughs> Can Hello? you tell everybody where you're calling from? Sure. This is Denise from Danville, California. Well, there you go. Well, good. How are you this <laughs> evening? I'm doing great. I've had a wonderful day here at work and uh, just about ready to go back home and uh, watch the Warriors win the NBA. Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, good luck with that. I hope they win. Okay. <laughs> I'm hoping. You've got to get your, your plug-in for your team, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, terrific. Do you have a question? Yes. What I wanted to ask about tonight is it's interesting um, for me that uh, my daughter got a rescue cat. And uh, it was very interesting because um, when she went to pick up uh, or look for a cat, um, then our last name was the name of this cat. Um, and so we knew that that was the right pet for her. And it's just a, just a sweetheart. And she has such a lovely relationship with my daughter, uh, my youngest mm-hmm. daughter, Nikki. And um, her name is Callie. And I'm just curious, um, I, she happened to be for a while there okay about being around other people, like when we come over and visit, and I just love this cat. Last time we were over there, she kind of hid away all the whole time we were there, and when my daughter tried to bring her out to the living room where we were all at, she just freaked out and, just, you know, just really terrified. I'm thinking, wow, what is she picking up, or what kind of a scent, or what could I do to make a, a more positive connection so that maybe you could scan her and see? Sure. Sure. Is she a kitten or is she a cat cat? Did, she's, you about idea how eight months, she's about eight months old now. So she's a kitten. Eight, nine months old. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, yes. Uh, what I'm going to do, Denise, is I'm going to connect to you and then I'm going to connect to your daughter, Nikki, and through Nikki, I'll connect to Callie. To Callie. Cat. Okay. okay. So as you know, what I do, and for those of you who haven't heard me say this before, when I scan a person or an animal or a home or a building or a place or whatever, I see a a laser beam, very thin laser beam, white light that goes directionally. I'm in Alabama, so it starts at my sternum and it's going northwest from Alabama to hook into Denise. Okay, Denise, I got you on my radar. Okay, it's going to my right, your left. I got Nikki. And then it's going back to towards you to get the cat. All right, I got the cat. It's it's really fun watching this. It reminds me of the Etch a Sketch game. <laughs> I know, love it. Imagine Etch a yeah. Sketch where the lines lit up. That's what it looks like <laughs> to me. But it's it's almost as if I have a map superimposed in the back, and then I watch mm-hmm. these lines go from there. Okay, Nikki got Nikki the cat. Miss Callie. All right. Okay. She's telling me that Nikki's house is too cold for her, first of oh, all. Oh, how funny. Okay. That's a big thing. Does Nikki keep her house AC cranked or something? I don't know. She, um, I have to ask her, maybe with, maybe with the AC now at this time, because they, they're more afraid of keeping the cat too hot. They're thinking that she'd get too hot because they're on the top floor of an apartment. She's and there's a lot of windows she... and a lot of sun comes in, so they were okay. afraid that she'd get overheated. She's telling me she's freezing in there. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. <laughs> Who was with Maybe you when... 
Were you with somebody when you saw her last? You weren't there by yourself, right? No, I was there with uh, a boyfriend, and then her Nikki's boyfriend was at. You know, they. She was afraid of your boyfriend. Uh, Oh. She was afraid of your boyfriend. Um, I don't think she even saw him, though. That was funny. I'd go in and say hello. But they pick up on their energy. Okay. Yeah, it's she was afraid of him. Okay. Is there anything I'm doing? Does he have a deep? Denise, does he yeah, have a real, deep voice? Real deep, yeah. Real deep. She's telling me his. she's afraid of his voice. Oh, how funny. <laughs> that he, she's funny. saying she was afraid of his voice because his voice is very deep. And is it somewhat booming? Yeah, like, it could be. Okay. That, that, freaked, that freaked her out a little bit. That's what she oh, was okay. afraid of. So let's see. How about with my, she wasn't afraid. Like, I'll go in and she's under the bed and I'll just peek under and say hello to her. And... <laughs> she's not afraid of you but she'd like it if you'd bring her treats <laughs> oh okay have to be a better uh, grandma huh? better grandma let's see if there's anything in particular okay now Denise I just report what I get she's saying sardines is there some kind of a treat oh my that's gosh. a sardine flavor like I don't know. that makes that makes me think of a cat with bad breath but yeah I don't know I don't know I don't know. Well, Check that out. Always, we can always try. We can always try. But um, I, my curiosity, too, is I always believe that, you know, pets choose us. And was there a, there's definitely seems she's so sweet with my daughter. I mean, she uh-huh. literally talks with her. You know, Nikki will uh-huh. ask her questions in the morning and she kind of, you know, this is oh. really cute. I asked her, I said, did you choose Nikki? And she said, no, Nikki chose me. Oh, okay. Uh, but I'm supposed to be with her, she said. No. Please just tell her I'm freezing. She's very into okay. this, that she's a really cold thing. Okay. okay. And how about um, Nikki's boyfriend, Todd, that lives with them, too? I mean, that's, is she okay with Todd? She said not as well as Nikki, but he's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Is that, <laughs> that's is that what you're seeing, that she'll, yeah, she'll tolerate him, reacts. but she's Nikki's cat? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, does Nikki give her some kind of a blanket um, that she no? But on? she loves to she loves to hide under her blanket. Okay, because she's saying she loves the soft blanket. Yeah. So the, that's where the that's coming from. Like one time she she can't find her sometimes, and she'll go in her room and she'll be tucked underneath the covers, and she just sees her little eyes sticking out. <laughs> oh, how funny! <laughs> well, yeah. that she's telling me she loves the soft blanket. Okay. So that's good. Okay. That's good. All right. Tell Nikki to turn up the AC when they're gone because that cat's free. All right. All right. right. Anything else you want me to ask her? Um, No, I guess that's it. It's just, I was just curious and, uh, you know, because her reaction was really violent when she came out that day. I'd never seen her like that. Usually she's, you know, she'll walk around typical cat, but she just really reacted and went, wow, you know. She They're was really afraid scary. of your boyfriend and his deep, booming voice is what she's telling okay. me. Okay. All right. Yeah. Cool. But find some sardine snacks to take to that cat. All right. I'll do it. Okay. okay. Thanks, Denise. All right, Denise. Julie. Appreciate All right. Take care. Take uh-huh. care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We've gotten several questions submitted online through the website AskJulieRyan.com, and here's the first one. 
It's from Christina in Los Angeles, California, and she says, Hi, Julie. I've heard you on the LOA radio network, and I would love to ask you a question. It's about my father, Milan. He doesn't speak English, therefore I want to ask for him. He lives in the Czech Republic and has been struggling with very strong migraines since he was little. It makes his life limited because he has these very painful headaches almost every day. He's tried everything he could to get better, but nothing really helps. I think it might be either something from a past life or psychological. Would you please scan my dad and tell me what could help him? Thank you very much. And here's my answer. Hi, Christina. I connected to you and then to your dad in Europe. Again, laser beam to Christina in L.A., from Christina in L.A., laser beam to her dad in the Czech Republic. I then asked his permission to scan him, which he immediately granted. When scanning your father, I saw that his system is full of black mold. Does he live in an old home or apartment building or perhaps work in a building that's had water damage and therefore has a mold problem? The mold in his environment is causing his headaches and other medical challenges, not past life or psychological issues. Is it possible for him to move to another home? That's going to be the first thing he'll need to do to begin the healing process. Incidentally, 28% of people are extremely sensitive to mold, which may explain why others living with your dad may not be experiencing the same symptoms. I'm one of those 28%. I can immediately tell when I've walked into a moldy building or home or I've eaten something moldy. It is an instant reaction. And my family... I think some of the time believes that I'm nuts, but I am so sensitive. So I am one of those 28%, and I think that Christina's dad is as well. Back to my response. While I had your dad on my radar, I was able to energetically remove a lot of the mold in his body and give him an energy boost that may help in the short run. Something he can do right now is to avoid foods with high mold toxins. They include gluten, yeast, wheat, corn, grain, peanuts, mushrooms, and grain-fed meat and dairy. If you think about it, when grains and um, corn and that kind of stuff is stored, it usually has some moisture in it and mold grows in storage. And by the time we eat it, it's moldy food. And then I go on to say, in addition, have him stay away from beer and wine, which are both full of moldy toxins. Again, it's the fermenting of the wine and the beer that causes the mold. And when you drink it, you're drinking a mold cocktail. Also, what I was talking about Denise with, or I think it was Brent actually, the coffee Coffee, our coffee supply in the U.S. is full of mold. Look at the bulletproof coffee because they have very stringent processes that the coffee goes through to extract the mold spores, or eradicate the mold spores, or at least get them down to a normal uh, acceptable level where the body can process them. And, uh, and again, we in this country get coffee from that's been refused entrance into Europe and into China because it's got so much mold in it. All right, let's see. Here are some other suggestions. First, Research Dr. Richie Shoemaker, and that's spelled S-H-O-E-M-A-K-E-R-M-D, by going to his website, survivingmold.com. 
Dr. Shoemaker is considered to be one of the world's top experts on treating medical issues caused by mold and other environmental factors. Next, go to moldymovie.com, just like it sounds, M-O-L-D-Y-M-O-V-I-E.com, and learn about how to detect mold issues and heal from them. And last, go to paradigmchange.me, and that's spelled P A R. A-D-I-G-M-C-H-A-N-G-E, paradigmchange.me, which is a great mold reference website. Hope this information helps you help your dad. Thanks for your question. If you're in the car driving and you don't have a chance to write this down, go to my website, askjulieryan.com. It's at the bottom of the homepage, all this call-in information. And if you can't join us, then you can submit a question. And again, go to AskJulieRyan.com and you can submit a question and it may get answered on one of these shows. In addition, the show is recorded on Thursday nights. It's available for download on Sundays. And then it's available for download from there on. So you can listen to it whenever it's convenient. To access the downloads, again, go to AskJulieRyan.com. Click on the radio show podcast tab up at the top, and you'll see where to where you can download it. I think there are 30-some different ways to download the podcast. So iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, there's lots of them. So... Um, Use whatever works the best for you. Have you ever heard of Cozy Earth bedding? It's your ultimate luxury escape. Cozy Earth sheets are temperature regulating and incredibly soft, and they even have a 10-year warranty. They're made from organic bamboo and silk, are hypoallergenic, and even antimicrobial. Cozy Earth sheets are so amazing They've been on Oprah's favorite things list for five years in a row, and I have them on my bed right now. So if you're ready to elevate your sleep, Cozy Earth has a special offer just for my listeners. Go to CozyEarth.com and use the code AskJulie for a 35% discount. That's C-O-Z-Y-Earth.com and use code AskJulie for a 35% discount. Upgrade your sleep with Cozy Earth Bedding. I love them, and so will you. Okay, let's go to another caller. Hi, is this Lee? Yes, how are you? Good. Hi, Lee. How are you? Good. Tell everybody where you're calling from. Okay, so this is interesting that it works out that I'm calling you right now. I am calling you from Indian Path, Florida. Okay. Um, I'm in a family home. Well, we'll see, it's halfway between Port St. Joe and Apalachicola. Okay. On the, on the Gulf side. On the Gulf side. Um, it's the southernmost point of the Florida Panhandle. Oh, that um, must be beautiful. So I'm getting chill bumps right now. I feel very interesting. Uh, so I'm calling from a family home that my great-grandfather <laughs> and his wife, my great-grandmother, built in 1923. Oh, Wonderful. Lots of history, lots of years here, and lots of family. Um, so, I, I have so many things that I want to ask you. I don't know where to start, but I guess <laughs> the best place would be the most difficult place where I am right now. Okay. Um, so, you know, I've got 
um, I've got two young sons, one that's 14 and one that's 18 months. And I'm in a bit of a custody battle of sorts with their father. Okay. And I've always thought that it's very important for both parents to have relationships with their children. And I've had lots of things happen, and I don't think I believe that anymore. Mm, Okay. I'm feeling the need to protect the boys, and I Mm -hmm. don't know if I am doing the right thing. I don't know if I'm listening to my heart and to my guides and if I'm going in the right direction or if I'm letting maybe some anger guide me. And Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. Okay. Here's a way for you to find out, and and I'm going to ask this question in my head at the same time. And here's the question, Lee, and this works with anything. You ask, is it in my best interest to... And finish the sentence. Okay. Is it in? So let's come up with a sentence. Is it in my best interest to allow the boys access to their dad? How about how about let's rephrase it? Is it in the boys' best interest to the to allow them access to their dad? What do you get? What's right. the first thing that pops in your head as fast as you can snap your finger? So I must be blocked because my neck hurts and I am a left-handed person and I've got tennis elbow in my right elbow. Okay. I don't think you're blocked. You just, I mean, you just, do you see what I'm saying, though? Like, um, okay. Let's ask. That's what's so confusing for me. I feel like that I'm in my 40s, and one thing I believe to be true forever, I don't think I believe it anymore, but I don't know. Okay, so Lee, ask the question. I'm telling you, the first thing that comes in your head, don't think about it. It, I mean, it's instant, because if you think about it for a couple of seconds, that's your brain answering you. Is it in my boy's best interest to allow them access to their dad? What do you get? What's the you get a no. All right. Now, let's rephrase it. Let's ask it another way. Is it in, come up with a different sentence. Is it, in, is it dangerous for my boys to be in the presence of their dad? What's the first thing that comes in your head? It's hurtful. Okay. Is it, da- I asked dangerous. Do you think it's dangerous for them? What do you Emotionally. get when you ask that? Okay. I got a no. But- on that, that it's not dangerous for them. Um, okay, so because right, it's is, not physically dangerous. Okay, okay. Is it emotionally dangerous for my boys to to be with their dad? What yes. do you get on that? I got a yes on that as well. Okay, okay. So, right. so I think reason, that's why the first time you said it, what the, what came to me was hurtful. Yeah, you see? yeah. Well, the thing about this too, Lee, is that. When you ask questions like that, it encompasses all the variables. You know, we have so much of our lives when we make decisions, there's so much that we can't see. There's all kinds of variables that are all swimming in the soup of life. And we can't see the big picture. So what I found over the years is if you ask a question like, is it in my best interest too? Is it in so-and-so's best interest too? Is it, so let's ask the question, is it, in, is it in Lee's best interest to allow her boys to be with their dad? What do you, what's the first thing you get? I don't know. I'm, I can't hear. 
you can't hear what's coming in your head. I gotta right. know. I gotta know. Is, now, I, I don't think it is. Okay. okay. So when but when I can you tell get I'm it, thinking it, I'm not feeling it. Yeah. Well, exactly. So if you can ask that question and ask it in a bunch of different ways, but ask the same question, just rephrase it. You know how when lawyers, you know all about lawyers, lawyers ask (laughs) questions in court and they have some meaning that's taken one way that may be totally opposite or totally different from what the real situation is, right? Yes. The universe is the same way, but the other thing that I want you to remember is that everything happens for you, not to you. This is happening for you, this situation with this custody battle. There's good things that are going to come out of this. You just can't see them yet. I I do believe that. Yeah, I can hear that baby now. Uh, of course, I'm on the phone with you, and he comes over and wants some water. Yeah. <laughs> Tell everybody his name. Houston. Houston. How cute is that? All right. So, yes. does yes. that get does that help you with your question on on the custody thing? It does. It okay. does because you know it, it, it's very confusing and frightful to think. Yeah that you had a feeling that you were a good person all of your life and you wake up one day and you've had lots of life experiences and you decide that maybe your beliefs have evolved or changed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but and the other when it thing, affects other people, it becomes frightening. Yeah. Well, and, and you're being a great mom because you're doing what you need to do to protect your kids. <laughs> but at the end of the day, those boys were supposed to be born, and they wouldn't have been born if they didn't have the dad that they have, right? That's the only good thing I can find about him. <laughs> the other thing is that, that babies choose their mothers before they're conceived. Did you know that? I've been reading the book that I saw you recommended on your Facebook page, so... I have yeah. read that recently. They they look yeah. their energy looks like a ball. It looks like an orb that you'll see sometime in a um in a picture. And it yeah. reminds me of the ball of light that in the Wizard of Oz Glenda the Good Witch rides into Munchkin Land, you know, as a ball oh, of I light. Oh, I like that. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Everybody's seen the Wizard of Oz. Well, Glenda, whenever Glenda that's Glenda's mode of travel. She just she's just a ball of of white pretty iridescent energy and that's how she travels and and so that baby's energy hooks onto the mother's energy field so those boys chose you they knew there would be some drama in their lives and this is what they wanted to have the human experience so i hope that i hope that gives you a little bit of peace because they chose you knowing they were going to go through this okay okay and as long as you're doing, and I know you are, as long as you're doing what's in their best interest, then you're in good shape. Well, good. That is. It's a relief. Yeah. Other it questions. It helps bring calmness and confidence. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, think this is at when you get 
crazy and you want to just strangle somebody um, or you feel like you want to, just remember this is happening for me. This is happening for me. There are good things that are going to come out of this. I just have to, I just have to believe this. I have to trust in it and I have to let it unfold. It's happening for me. Just changing that one word from for, from to me to for me brings so much peace, I think. Also, were you on yet when I was talking to Brent and I was telling him about when you're in a, in a snarky mood or when you're feeling down or blue, if you hold a pen in your mouth? Did you hear that part? No, I didn't. I got one right with the cat. Okay. All right. If you, when you're feeling really bluely, take a pen and hold it in your mouth with your teeth. Hold it with your teeth, not with your lips. Because if you, if, you, if you look in the mirror and you have a pen in your lips, you're not necessarily smiling. But if you hold the pen in your teeth, it forces you to smile. I and love there's that. A, there's a Harvard professor named Amy Cuddy, and you can look her up on YouTube. There's a YouTube video of her TED Talk. It's C-U-D-D-Y. She did research that showed if you even hold a pen in your mouth or a pencil or a tongue depressor or whatever, for two minutes, it's going to raise your cortisol or it's going to raise your serotonin levels, which are your feel-good hormones, and it's going to lower your cortisol levels, which are your stress hormone levels. So it's going to make you feel good instantly. And then when you are feeling blue, after you do, do that first, and then think of something that makes you smile. I would think looking at that baby boy has to bring a smile to your face. Yeah. So picture him. Uh, yeah. Well, and hearing what you're saying reminds me. I've told Caitlin all of her life, if you will put a smile on your face when you walk down the street, it will change your life. That's right. So I know what you're saying is right. Yeah. Yeah, but sometimes when we're in the mud, it's hard to remember to do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but find a pen. I'm telling you, it is just so, it's so amazing how it will change your outlook in two minutes. And then the other, yeah. the other, thing, I, the other thing I want you to do, uh-huh. Lee, when you're getting ready to go negotiate with lawyers and, you know, divorce courts and that kind of stuff. I want you to go in the ladies' room before you go into the courtroom. And when you're in the stall, I mean, if nobody's in the ladies' room, you can do this out in public. But in the stall, do the superwoman pose. You know, your hands on your hips, your legs spread apart. Hold okay. that pose for a couple of minutes. Again, that will raise your serotonin levels. It will lower your cortisol levels. And your energy, when you walk into that meeting or that courtroom, they're going to know you're there because your energy is going to be so vibrant. Okay. Okay. So remember the superwoman yeah. pose and the pen trick. Okay. Okay. Well, so can do you, um, if I'm not allowed another question, you can tell no, me. No, it's but- fine. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, well, so to where I am right now, mm-hmm. are there other people here? Yeah. Oh, you mean other spirits? Well, I mean, I know they're all my family members sitting on the porch, but just that I'm in very historic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, are there are there ghosts or are there spirits in the yes. house? Yes. Yeah. Do you do you feel them when you're there? I do. I do, and what's funny is is that my grandparents, my great-grandparents, I'm sorry, that built this house, um, at their home in Bruton, we feel them. And we all, the cousins, and when I say cousins, I've got 16 first cousins. Oh, my gosh. Um, have stories of things that happened in their regular home, 
Um, and so this is their uh, this is their second home that now uh-huh. as a family we all share. So right, right. Let me get it up on my radar. I'm going to connect to you, and then I'll connect to the house, and and I'll scan it real fast and tell okay. you. Oh, oh yeah. There's lots of people. There's lots of people. So there's the <laughs> generation oh, yeah. people. And yeah, they used to an army home. Yeah. Okay. Way back. Does it have a, it's got some kind of, right when you walk in the front door, there's kind of a living room or some people would call it a parlor or it's kind mm-hmm. of a, okay, yeah, there's a whole bunch of spirits in there. And they're dressed in, um, most of them, Lee, it's so funny when I see spirits because they're dressed in the time when they were alive. And I'm seeing um, people dressed, the women especially, I would say in about 1940s, type attire yes world war ii era attire yes um, okay i can see them oh, wait my legs are vibrating right now they're going so oh. are mine yeah all right so that's just validation that what i'm seeing um is accurate all right okay there's seven people in the in the living room or the parlor right now let me go there did they have a maid there's a maid spirit in the kitchen yes yeah, the maid spirit is in the kitchen. Did they have a maid that was with them for a long time? Um, they did. They did. They had maids and servants and drivers and yeah, yeah. This is especially a maid when they the- came here because it was such a big event to get here. Yeah. This is this is a woman who is dressed in an old fashioned maid outfit, like what you would have seen okay. in the forties or fifties or before. Okay, I mean okay. she's not like a maid that we would see today that would be dressed in khakis and a normal clothes (laughs) button down shirt or something. Um, She's in a maid outfit. All right. Yeah. Let me see what else. There's some dog spirits there. Did they have dogs? I don't know. I'm sure they did. I'll have to ask my mom. Yeah. Ask your mom. Little dogs. Like, um, yeah, not maybe schnauzery, um, I'm trying to think. Uh, what's the, what are the ones with the long ears that are kind of fur? They're kind of like furry dogs. Dog. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's some dog spirits there. Okay. Well, your other grandparents would never be here. And there's some other Your other people. grandparents wouldn't have been here. Uh, yeah, she doesn't think that they have dogs. Okay, but, well, somebody somebody had little dogs. Maybe it was the maid. Somebody had uh, – there are two little dogs, spirits, that are running around. Yeah. With, were there people that lived there in the off-season when your family wasn't there? Okay, so when you're talking about the 40s, that was during the war, and they kicked yeah. them out for three years, and the okay. army so well, there's no they're, here. But they're, but they're dressed in 1940s attire, and that's just to identify them. That doesn't mean that the scene that I'm seeing was from the 1940s. It's just how they appear to me. If I yeah. see somebody who lived, like if I'm doing a past life scan with somebody, I mean, I, I see like ancient Roman gladiators dressed like they dressed right. back then. Or I'll see. Well, but um, that's what I'm saying is that they, they were here um, and my grandmother or great-grandmother had written a big story about the house and building of the house. And she wrote this story in the 40s. But part of the story was also that the, arm, the military came in and yeah. took over the house. And well, I know, 
because it was the only place here. I've read that that it was blackout during the war because they had German subs that were off the coast of Alabama and Florida. (laughs) Right here, yes. And there's one of them that sunk off the coast here. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That's why there... There was a period of three years that were so many people here that I wouldn't even know about. Yeah. Well, that's why they're showing up dressed in 1940s attire, because it was so historic and so meaningful. I would love to read that story. Can Can you email it to me? Yes, I'll have to. I'll let me see if I can see if you can I'll, find it. Surely I can photograph it and yeah, send it yeah. But they're there. They're there. They're um. They're just there watching over you guys and and I don't see any ghostly. They're all spirits. How I can tell if it's a ghost is ghosts. Um, to me, the way they appear to me is they're maybe a foot or two off the ground when they walk. Spirits are on the ground. But and they okay. look like well, they I didn't know there like, was a difference. Yeah, there's a difference. Ghosts don't know they're dead. These are all spirits. These people all know they're dead. But they're oh, okay. but they're with you in spirit because when we die, we have the ability to be in multiple places at the same time. So, for instance, they're perhaps with you. Your maternal grandparents are with you and your kids, and they're with your mom, and maybe they're with some of your cousins as well at the same time. Okay. In Okay, we're made in the image and likeness of God. I believe that's in spirit form. So if God can be multiple places at one time, I believe, and I see it all the time. Spirits are, they can be in multiple places at the same time. But they're there with you. They watch over you. They're your advocates. They're there to, you know, to to love on you. That makes sense how so many people have spent so many years and so many families and so many generations and this is just, you know, one of the heartbeats of our family. Right. Um, right. Right. Well, thanks for care. sharing that. And thanks for calling in. I would love to read your grandmother's story if you can find it, if you'd email it to me. I'd really I appreciate will. that. Oh, that I can find it. It sits right here behind the sofa in the parlor. Oh, do you <laughs> have a digital copy of it, though? No, but I'm sure that I can get one. Okay. Terrific. And we have cameras here, so I'm, surely we can... Okay. Get it into that type of form, and I will get it to you. Terrific. Well, good luck with the custody thing. Thank you so much for calling in and enjoy your time down at the beach with your family and and all your relatives and your kids. Well, thank you. Thank you, and um, I look forward to hearing more of your show. Okay. Thanks, Lee. Take care. Right, thanks. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Next, let's go back to an online question. This one's from Angie from Genevis, New York. And Angie said, Hi, Julie. Since having my daughter by C-section two and a half years ago, I've not felt like myself. I've had increased weight gain, severe bloating, fatigue, vertigo, chronic diarrhea, in parentheses, she wrote, yikes, sorry to have to include that one, in parentheses, headaches and a pain in my foot. I went from being active and energetic to completely not feeling like myself and having a hard time with the day-to-day routine. I want to be healthier for my little ones. They are my soul's purpose, and I don't feel like I'm the best me I can be feeling the way I do. I would love to have your medical intuitive scanning. I've had several ultrasounds and tests for gluten, et cetera, and they have yet to find the root cause. Thank you in advance, Julie. What a blessing you are to the world. What a sweet thing for her to say. Thanks, Miss Angie. 
<clears throat> excuse me, and here's my response. Hi, Angie. When scanning you, I see an overabundance of candida, which is a systemic yeast infection, throughout your whole body. It looks like the white powder you see on our yeast roll, and I believe it's what's causing your symptoms. When I scanned Angie, it was like I was looking at an outline of her body, and the, and the inside the outline was all this white powder. And um, it's the white powder that you see on a yeast roll in a restaurant. Okay, I went on to say, once I energetically blew out the white powder, I could see your organs look like those of an elderly woman. No wonder you're exhausted. This condition has probably been caused by two things. First, you were most likely given antibiotics, probably through an IV, when you had your C-section. Those antibiotics killed off a bunch of, of the good bacteria in your stomach. Second, your estrogen levels are affected by the candida yeast. The yeasties are crafty little boogers. They replicate at an amazing rate and cause all sorts of problems. Candida can release over 100 known toxins into the bloodstream through tears in the lining of your GI tract and cause a large variety of symptoms. This condition is known as leaky gut syndrome and is called the missing diagnosis because so few doctors are knowledgeable enough to detect and treat it. For most of my life, I had similar symptoms to yours due to the serious overuse of antibiotics for chronic strep throat and sinus infections. I had strep throat constantly as a little kid, and then when I was in high school and college, it seemed like I had it at least once a quarter, so I took massive doses of antibiotics throughout my life. I finally found a doctor at the age of 40 who properly diagnosed my candida problem. The late Dr. Orion Truss, MD, is widely considered to be the godfather of systemic yeast issues. Patients came from all over the world to see him. Over the years, Dr. Truss and I had many lengthy discussions about candida, and I learned a lot from him. One time, he took me into his lab and showed me the slides of a 30-year-old woman. This patient's blood test indicated a normal estrogen level, while the slides from a vaginal swab showed the cells of a 90-year-old postmenopausal woman. How could this be? This patient was 30. Dr. Truss explained when systemic yeast is rampant, the outer cell wall can become impenetrable. In this patient's case, and I also believe in your case, the estrogen in the blood isn't getting into the cell and nourishing it. This results in symptoms like the ones you describe, as well as many others that are usually found in elderly people with low hormone levels. So, I suggest doing a search on candida yeast overgrowth and follow the dietary recommendations at bulletproofexec.com. That's spelled B-U-L-L-E-T proof, P-R-O-O-F, exec, E-X-E-C, dot com. There you'll find an easy-to-follow food chart you can download for free. Basically, avoid processed foods, sugars, wine, beer, alcohol, dairy, and aged and fermented foods. You may want to get your doctor to prescribe an antifungal medication like Nystatin, a natural bacteria found in the ground that kills yeast, to initially aid in getting rid of the yeast. You may feel a bit worse for the first few days of treatment as the yeast dies off, but if you just stick with it, know your condition is completely fixable and won't cause any permanent damage to your body.
Lastly, you have a large energy field leak in your pelvic area. This is caused by emotional trauma experienced either at some point in your life or in a past life. Emotional issues always precede physical slash medical conditions by disrupting the body's energy flow. I'll be delighted to help you explore the cause and heal that leak one-on-one. Hope this helps. Thanks for your question. And then I said, P.S., your foot needs to be adjusted by a chiropractor. It'll be an easy fix. So yeasties, they are, like I said, they are crafty little critters. Next question. This is from Dina in Effingham, Illinois. And she said, hi, Julie, I listened to your podcast yesterday and was completely mesmerized. Again, what a sweet thing to say. Thanks, Miss Dina. I have so many questions for you, but I'm only going to ask this one. She put in parentheses, for now. Ha <laughs> ha. I'm a speech pathologist and love my job very much. However, some aspects of the job are very wearying and discouraging. I've been drawn recently to several different areas, art, yoga, meditation, and Reiki, to name a few. I'm wondering what the future holds for me career-wise. Should I pursue some of these other areas or stick with what I know? I feel like I'm in a constant state of searching for the right fit. More often than not, I feel on the outside looking in at my own life. Thank you so much for any information you may see. Dina. And here's my response. Hi, Dina. Initially, I decided to get you on my radar, hoping your spirit guide would appear and advise us. Imagine my surprise when a big guardian angel showed up instead. The angel was over six feet tall, had big old wings, blonde hair cascading in soft curls to its shoulders, and was wearing a white gown tied at the waist with a piece of rope. The gown, by the way, was floor length. You know, it went down to the angel's feet. Its name is its name was Clementine. By the way, angels are unisex, and although Clementine sounds feminine in our language, it isn't in the heavenly realm. Clementine isn't your primary guardian angel. It's just with you temporarily as an advisor for what's currently happening at this stage of your life. Anyway, Clementine wanted me to tell you to consider teaching speech pathology, initially at a community college. This is a direct angel, obviously. (laughs) He said you'd be able to influence way more children by educating lots of speech pathologists than you could working with kids one-on-one. Clementine also said there'd be less drama in your life if you taught. It also suggested following your spiritual interests and then integrating them into your teaching. Here's how it works. When you have a thought that interests you, especially if it occurs several times, explore it. For example, if you're interested in yoga, do some research on the different types of yoga and find a studio nearby where you can try it out. Thanks for your question and good luck with your adventures. A couple of notes. Normally, when I scan somebody and I see their spirit guide, their spirit guide looks like what I was talking with Lee about with her deceased family members in the family beach house. Excuse me. They they look like humans. They look like holograms. If any of you have seen Star Trek and when Scotty beams people up to different planets and they look like a kind of a hologram of the person as they're being beamed up, that's what spirits look like to me. And they're dressed in period dress, so it helps me identify them. And normally I'll see a person 
as a spirit guide, dressed in some kind of period dress. That may be BC period dress. It may be sometime during the Renaissance, you know, like with Lee's relatives in the 1940s. It's very rare that I see a guardian angel as a spirit guide. What I normally see, where I normally see guardian angels is when somebody's having surgery, they, they float over the head of the anesthesiologist or the nurse anesthetist while the person is in the OR and is unconscious while the surgery is being performed. I see them there. I also see them when see them when somebody's dying or if there's been some kind of big accident. They're always around. But it was really interesting with Dina to see a spirit guide um, be a guardian angel. So that was cool. That was the first time I'd seen that. Also, when I do a one-on-one scan, there are three phases to that. And the first one is a diagnostic phase where I'll shoot energy through the person from their feet up through the top of their head. And I have, it's like I have a big screen TV in my head and I'm looking at medical conditions and, and I can see broken bones, torn ligaments, viral infections, bacterial infections, things like that. The second phase is the healing phase. And once I diagnose what's going on with a person medically, then there's always some kind of a healing that occurs. It can be in the form of a energetic surgery. It can be in the form of some kind of a wound being sutured energetically or dressed energetically, but there's always some kind of healing that occurs. And then the third area is the emotional part, and there's always an emotional catalyst that precedes some kind of a medical condition. And I'll see a tear or a hole in the person's energy field. And that energy field has a membrane lining, outer lining, and it reminds me of the consistency of saran wrap. has a little bit of a rubbery consistency. So when people are trying to heal, we need to go through all three of those phases. And normally there isn't time on these calls to do that, but there's plenty of time one-on-one. And you can schedule a, a one-on-one consult with me uh, at AskJulieRyan.com. Well, we're out of time this week. It flew by for me. Thanks to our callers who called in this evening, and thanks to those who submitted questions. I didn't get to all of the online questions, but I will send them over for next week and and hope to hear from some of you either with calls or online. Hope you have a great week, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to follow Julie on Instagram and YouTube at Ask Julie Ryan and like her on Facebook at Ask Julie Ryan. To schedule an appointment or submit a question, please visit AskJulieRyan.com. This show is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be medical, psychological, financial, or legal advice. Please contact a licensed professional. The Ask Julie Ryan Show, Julie Ryan and all parties involved in producing, recording, and distributing it assume no responsibility for listeners' actions based on any information heard on this or any Ask Julie Ryan shows or podcasts.